0: Football Friday, back at it again. All right, seeing a place to be, Rick Saratella, here on this September the 9th, 2022, Part 9 edition, our first NFL Football Friday here on the Football Playbook. I'm so happy to be here with you today, chopping it up, breaking it down. We are going to have the one, the only, Brian Baldinger, checking in from NFL Films. We're going to interrupt his film room session, pop him on, and talk some Eagles football, I just got the text saying he's all set, good to go, buckle up. Uh, Later on in the show, we'll have Coach John D., D. Filippo, checking in. I think he's down in Florida there. We're going to catch up with what's going on with the old ball coach and, of course, talk about that Super Bowl run back in 2017 and uh, see what he sees from the Jalen Hurts development. And then uh, later on in the show, we'll go around the league. We'll have uh, Ralph Ventry. With the axe, he's got it all sharpened up, ready to grind. We'll go around the league, get some predictions in for your football Sunday. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to sneak some college football in where I can. If you are one of those Eagles fans keeping tabs on the quarterback prospects, we got a good one this weekend with uh, Anthony Richardson and Will Levis matching up against each other in an SEC battle. Uh, It's going to be a double chin strap affair. And how about the Florida Gators who – Just a week ago, (laughs) we're unranked. They beat Utah, who was number nine. Now they're favored a touchdown over Kentucky. So we'll try to get some uh, eye on the quarterbacks who are in action in the college football landscape. Tone, let me know when we have Baldy in the green room. I don't want to waste any time uh, because nobody breaks it down like Baldy when it comes to X's and O's. That's what we do here on the Football Playbook. And if you're just tuning in, Welcome aboard. It's our ninth episode, our second week here on the Jacob Sports Channel. Uh, coming off a strong month of August, we've had our first month of over a million viewers. So thank you all the uh, people who tuned in, all the people in the chat room, everybody who buckles up and, and gets interactive with it starting off at 7 a.m. with the Round the NFC East. Then we go into the Mac and Mac show. I had a, uh honor of joining Jody Mac for the last hour there, so I appreciate that football playbook taking you here till noon uh followed by the sports take guys and then big sales so let me make sure that baldy has the email and did you see that game last night did you see the game uh yeah that's why embrace the expectations jason kelsey embrace the expectations eagles nation embrace the expectations because you know what why wouldn't it be Philadelphia? Who stands in the way? Matthew Stafford? Not with that elbow. San Francisco? I don't think so. Green Bay? Eh, Tampa Bay just ain't feeling the same. Let's get this man's opinion. Nobody breaks it down like Brian Baldinger. Of course, NFL Network analyst. Great to see the NFL Network giving him his time. We're bra- we're busting into the film room and uh, going to chop it up with our good friend, Baldy always a pleasure to have you on the show my man
1: thanks rick thanks for having me man yeah i've been in here since 6 a.m kind of breaking down this uh the bills beatdown of the rams last night in just about every way that you can beat a team uh they did that so i mean i haven't seen a quarterback hit 15 times in a game in sack seven in quite a while it doesn't happen very often in this league without even blitzing on a single passing down that's pretty impressive and yeah, I, they got there. They, they got there. I mean, Joseph Nopom really struggled. Yeah. He struggled with, you know, just about everybody Epinesa. He struggled with uh, Gregory Rousseau. He struggled, obviously, with Vaughn. Like, he just, he struggled out there. And really, the Rams didn't do much to try to help him either. And that's, that's on Sean McVay. And I'm sure when he goes back and watches it, like, he's got to realize that that's not Andrew Whitworth out there anymore. That's a young no. player that hasn't played a lot, you know, has never been a starter. He's been a backup that's different than being a starter and going up against, you know, the pass rushers that Buffalo has.
0: Yeah, they they had him on roller skates. He looked like he had two left feet out there. And on the other side of the ball, I mean, the Bills never even punted on any single possession. So this was not just a W. This was a beatdown, as Jalen uh, Ramsey alluded to. They got their ass beat. Yeah. So I must ask you the question, uh, clearly the Bills, I think, are the team to beat, but are the Rams still the team to beat in the
1: NFC? Because it seems pretty wide open. Well, I, you know, I think preseason matters, Rick. I I believe that you got to play in preseason. The Rams don't. That's their philosophy. That's fine. Their guys didn't play. And it looked like they didn't play. They weren't sharp. Uh, The offensive line did not play well up front. They didn't run the ball well. While the Bills did play their guys. And, you know, I think it just makes, even if it's a series here and a series there, their precision in the passing game, what Ken Dorsey called up on third and one for a touchdown to Gabe Davis, just the execution level um, all the way around was so much better by the Bills. So I don't want to write the Rams off by any stretch. We saw very little from Allen Robinson last night. Uh, we expected to see more from him. And so, you know, one catch for 12 yards isn't going to replace, you know, what they had last year with Robert Woods and Odell Beckham Jr. So they've got to get a lot better. Um, the problem is, is that they don't put, a lot of resources into their offensive line. They don't have a single number one draft pick out there. They rely on third and fourth round picks. Their third round pick this year is done for the season, Logan Bruss. So they just don't have a lot to work with to try to protect Matthew Stafford.
0: Yeah, I would say that the backfield is full of question marks as well with the whole Cam Akers, Darrell Henderson situation. And one last one on this game. I know it's hard to tell from the film. We heard Stafford had this minor procedure on his throwing elbow. We saw a trio of interceptions last night. Are you uh, from 1 to 10 on the concern factor scale? Are you somewhat concerned, very concerned? Is this something that is going to be an all-season issue?
1: I wouldn't be concerned right now unless it you know it just continues. Uh, look, the interception by Boogie Basham, he, he tipped it at the line of scrimmage. That happens. He came down with it. Uh, there was a miscommunication between him and Tyler Higby on the first one when Dane Jackson, you know, picked it off. Uh, he thought the tight end was going to sit down. It To me, it looks more like just timing than than Matt Stafford's elbow. And I could be completely wrong here, Rick. Maybe it is bothering him. But, you know, when you get hit 15 times like you did last night, everything's going to bother you today. All right, Brian Baldinger, NFL
0: Network, here on the uh, Football Playbook debut, a regular of my old show. we got some new digs here, Baldy, and – uh, everybody wants to hear your take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, well, let's start off on the defensive side of the ball because I was just on the uh, Mac and Max show. We talked about adding impact players at every level of the defense. Obviously, Jordan Davis up front, Hassan Reddick, Kaiser White at the second level, Bradbury, and now Chauncey Gardner at the back end. And I made the point, like if 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 we had told you after the season that a playoff team was going to add all those pieces. And oh, by the way, add A.J. Brown. I mean, wouldn't you like automatically anoint that team to be the Super Bowl favorites?
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say Super Bowl favorite. I mean, I don't know that they're better than Green Bay or some of these other teams out there, but they've improved a lot. I mean, they have to go still to go do it, Rick. Um, I think they have improved the roster tremendously. Um, But, you know, you still have to – you still got to go execute the way we saw Buffalo do last night. And so, look, the schedule, what they did to Detroit last year, I think they could do to them again. I mean, they ran for 236 yards last year in Detroit. I I, I see them being able to do the same type of thing this year. Uh, But, you know, the timing with the receivers and quarterbacks is – it's got to be precision, Rick. And so, we got to see. We got to see if it looks like that come game day. Yes, the roster – they're paper tigers right now, but we got to see how they all play together. I mean, Chauncey Gardner Johnson is an upgrade over anything they had at safety last year, but he still has to learn the system and learn how to play with everybody. And so, you know, we got to see. Sometimes newness leads to breakdowns, and if you break down on the back end of your defense, Rick, you're giving up big plays or touchdowns. So we we still got to see it all come together, but the talent is is uh, is much much better.
0: All right, fair enough. Let me get your opinion on defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon because it seems like every time uh, we have a national uh, member of the media come on the show, they're talking about Jonathan Gannon could be coaching on another team as a head coach next season. Then we get the local beat writers on from Philadelphia and they're just so agitated by the lack of aggressiveness, uh, the lack of blitz calling, and even the talk of Hassan Reddick dropping back in certain situations. So Uh, We get two types of different perspectives. Now, you just mentioned it looks good on paper. Go ask Vince Young. Hey, you got to go out there and execute and mesh these pieces together. When you put on the film, what are you seeing from this Jonathan Gannon defense? Did you notice any different intricacies during the preseason? Can we anticipate a more aggressive defense? What do you think there?
1: Well, I think last year we tried to be too multiple, try to do a lot of different things without the personnel to do it. And so this year I think they're going to be a front four dominant defensive line. I think they're going to have eight guys dressed every week uh, and they're going to do just a hockey shift and, you know, uh, Fletcher Cox and, uh, you know, those guys will start inside, but then you'll see Gabe Davis and, you know, the other guys come in the second round and they're just going to try to keep them fresh and roll them the way they did, you know, five years ago when they won a Super Bowl. And I think that's the foundation of what they're going to do. Um, Will they play their safeties in citizens bank parking lot, you know, against Kansas city, like they did a year ago. I don't think they need to, you know, I think they the, the pressure that they should be able to apply with Josh Sweat and, you know, with the Hassan Reddick and, you know, Derek Barnett, the guys that they have coming off the edge. I mean, they should be much better at being able to get the ball out faster than they did a year ago.
0: Yeah. And I would argue in this uh, matchup against the lions specifically uh, big V is out. So they got a backup guard, The other guard is vulnerable. Frank Ragnell at center is now questionable. How do you see Jordan Davis fitting into this rotation early on, and does that role grow? I think Fletcher Cox played about 50% of snaps his rookie season. Do you kind of see more or less for Jordan Davis?
1: I don't know that you get 50% snaps from Jordan. I mean, I still got to wait and see how he looks. Uh, conditioning wise and just moving 360 plus pounds um, or, or or thereabouts maybe just 350. but either way, like conditioning has been an issue for big people, not just Jordan, Dexter Lawrence. I mean, big people have a problem with just volume of plays. And so I think they are cognizant of that. We got to see, he wasn't on the field much at Georgia, you know, in some of those games down the stretch championship game. Uh, You know, we got to see if he can affect the quarterback. I mean, it's, It's great if you can eat double teams and Kazir White and TJ Edwards can make a bunch of tackles because you are, that's, that's, that's good, but it's about getting to the quarterback, especially in these big games when you're playing against elite quarterbacks. And we got to see if he can affect that. We don't know yet if he can do that.
0: All right. Brian Baldinger, NFL network here on the football playbook, Jacob sports channel, taking you up to noon sports take guys. Let's stay on defense before we flip over to offense. Baldy, uh, couple new starting linebackers and Reddick and white Um, Edwards maybe has made the biggest strides of any player on this roster. Who's kind of the key link here in in that linebacker corpse?
1: Well, I've been saying it for years now, Rick, you want a linebacker go to Wisconsin. Like they just know how to groom them and develop them. And they're they're all over the league. And TJ Edwards is one of those guys. He was a great player at Wisconsin. I don't know what people want him to do. He's everywhere. I mean, he's he's smart. He's a he's big. He can hit. He covers well. Like he's an every-down player. You're not going to be able to take him off the field. And Kaseer White led the, the Chargers at tackles last year, Now, albeit they weren't a very good defense. But, you know, he he overcome some injury concerns when he came out of West Virginia, missed a season. But he's been on the field, had an interception in the preseason. Um, I think th- that, too. I mean, most teams are playing two off-the-ball inside linebackers, Rick. Um, and, I, and that's kind of how I see this Eagles defense, basically a 4-2-5. And those two linebackers are just those two guys right there. They cut Davian Taylor, who wasn't very good to begin with. But, you know, they, they've made some changes there. And I think those two guys should be solid and fine. They're, they're not Micah Parsons, but they don't need to be in this defense. So I think they're they're very, very solid at that position.
0: Yeah, we saw Vic Fangio uh, hanging out quite a bit there in uh, Eagles training camp. So curious to see if his uh, magic rubs off uh, much like it did for the Rams a year ago because he was kind of a consultant to McVay uh, during training camp for the Rams last season. So we'll, uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that Eagles defense in this Lions matchup. Let's switch over to the offensive side of the ball. And much like I would say Jonathan Gannon has a dart on his back, jalen hurts clearly under the microscope here a lot of talk about a possible contract extension is he worth the money can he take the jump can he become a pocket passing quarterback but i don't know i mean i feel like the eagles don't necessarily like we saw mike vick when uh jim mora tried to make him a pocket passer in atlanta it wasn't necessarily the best move for michael vick uh correct me if i'm wrong baldy do you not want to see hurts not just become a better pocket passing quarterback, but also improve at what he does well, which is being a dual threat quarterback.
1: Yeah. No, I don't think that's going to change Rick. I mean he's a big part of the rushing running game. He's I mean I, I work out with him a little bit in the offseason. He's very strong. I mean I don't know if there's a quarterback stronger than him. Um you know he could he could go up toe to toe with power lifters the way that he, you know, that he can, you know, just his body is so strong. You know, he's got to throw the ball with better touch. He's got to see the field better. He's got to throw the ball with anticipation. He's got to trust his protection better than he did a year ago. All those things I think are possible. And I, I just think that, you know, I think every quarterback just needs a guy they can lean on. Just go to. I don't, you know, we see it with Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. We see it with Diggs and Josh Allen. I mean, you got to have a go-to guy. You know, he, these defenses are too multiple. They're too good. They're too talented. Like sometimes third down, red zone, you know, you need to play. I, I expect AJ Brown to be that guy. You know, and so I think – and one thing about A.J. that Jalen likes is he catches everything with his hands. He doesn't let the ball come into his body. Uh it gives the defensive backs more time to react. Uh, you drop a lot more passes when it comes to your body. Like, he just catches the ball, and then he's, he's very – like Debo. Um, you know, he's, he's excellent after the catch. Um, you know, in Tennessee's lost to Cincinnati, the best receiver on the field that day was A.J. Brown. So, I mean, he is a, a big, really strong – explosive athlete i think he's going to help i mean Devontae is good he's a good route runner and he's he's clutch and dallas goddard is really good i mean they've got three really good targets to throw to with an excellent offensive line really you can't build around your quarterback a whole lot better than what the eagles just did
0: that's one heck of a triplet trio to pass to and we had mike Selesky on uh the mac and mac show and he was saying Devonta smith a.j brown could possibly be the greatest Eagles receiving duo of all time in franchise history. And, you know, you look at the production uh, throughout their careers, of course they have to do it together, but it's not, it's not hard to fathom that. But I want to go back to what you said about Hertz, because I saw uh, an article, I think by my good friend, Albert Breer over on SI saying, you know, Quincy Avery, who I think was his coach down in Alabama said Jalen Hertz was so rocked up at Alabama. He was actually built like a running back. And he said it hurt his throwing mechanics. And so this offseason, he kind of lightened the the weight or the workload in the weight room. And he's saying that it's kind of improved his mechanics and along with that has a renowned sense of self-confidence, which, as you know, can go a long way at the quarterback position. Is that something that you agree with the whole mechanics and being too –
1: I agree with that, Rick. I I think guys can get, you know, I, I saw it with Donovan. He would get too big. I mean, guys need a whip. They don't need, you know, an 18 inch bicep. They need a whip to throw the ball with. And that's, and so I think guys can make a mistake by trying to get too big on, you look at Tom Brady and how he's built and Peyton Manning, you look at these guys and you know, they're not bodybuilders, you know, they're, they're quarterbacks and it's, you gotta be very supple and, you know, you and and so I, I do think that, you know, I I, I kind of would I would I would go against the grain on jail and some of the things he does in a weight room. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if what you just said holds up this year, Rick, because I think it's important. It's an important component. And I would agree with what Quincy said at Alabama. I think you can try to get too big and too strong.
0: Yeah, I think there's something to it as well. I, I know we uh, got to let you boogie here soon. I want to touch base on the Eagles' bread and butter and uh, your bread and butter. We had our good friend Bob Wiley on last week, and he just uh, sang the praise of the one Jeff Stoutland and what he brings to the table. Is this the best offensive line in football? Are there any concerns on the interior at all, or how do
1: you see it? I don't have any concerns. Uh, Sam Adams was back healthy. There was a big question mark all off season. He had lost a lot of weight after his injury a year ago. Uh, Kelsey's going to start on Sunday, but if he can't go at any point during the season, Cam Jurgen certainly looks like he's ready to step in. He played great in the preseason. I agree. Stoutland's unbelievable. I mean, Jack Driscoll is a, a lot bigger and stronger this year as a backup. Swing tackle right now. I think he can step into that role. I don't know. Sua Pettis just keeps getting better. But they're starting five. I mean, it's as good. I mean, Kansas City is really good, Rick. um, It's as good as anybody out there right now. And the way that they can move bodies with what Lane is, what Landon Dickerson is, what Jordan Malata is, um, if they stay healthy, they'll they'll be one of the two or three best offensive lines in all football, in all phases of the game, protection, run blocking, just dominance, they have that ability.
0: And, you know, their buddies there in the NFC East Dallas Cowboys, they are struggling right now on that offensive line. They had to go and uh, bring Jason Peters out of retirement. Now, I know you um, yourself, I think, went from, you did the reverse. You went from the Cowboys and finished with the Eagles. He goes from the Eagles to the Cowboys. I'm not going to ask you about the impact, but you can tell us what you think the impact will be. But tell me about the mental aspect of just that whole rivalry how do you change the light bulb and flip the switch? There, we saw it with Von Miller, but this is an in division uh rival here. Take us through that experience.
1: Well, it's it's uh, you know, it's, it's it's your livelihood, so uh, you know, you're it's a business, so you can trade the uniform in. Randall Cunningham did it. There's been a lot of guys that have gone both ways between the Cowboys and the Eagles over over the history. Gary Cobb did it, uh, you know, a lot of guys have done it, but you know, for. For the, for the Cowboys to even entertain bringing in Jason Peters, I don't know what his role g- is going to be just yet. I'm sure they're going to try and get him up to speed at some point to be the starting left tackle so they could kick Tyler Smith back inside a left guard. But I mean, just the fact that they're in that position right now just lets you know that maybe Josh Ball, the fourth round pick last year, isn't ready. Maybe their fifth round pick this year, you know, isn't ready. That you got to go sign a 40 year old guy that's had injury concerns and an injury history over the last five years. So it just lets you know just how concerned they are. If if Jason Peters gets himself in a game shape, and, I mean, he can still at times look like Jason Peters. He still moves people almost better than anybody else in football in a run game. Um, But, you know, to to say that you're going to get consistent football from Jason, you know, 60, 70 snaps a game for week in, week out, I mean, I I think that's – a Very, very difficult to expect.
0: Yeah, a lot to ask. They'll be right back looking to sign a free agent. Uh, You know, I'd I'd love to talk football with you all day, Baldy. You know that. I I was told Eric Fisher turned down nine contract offers. That's a story for another day. Uh, We'll get you out of here because I know you're you're grinding in the film room. You have some NFL network duties coming up. Are you allowed to give a prediction for this Sunday's Eagles-Lions matchup?
1: I don't see why not. Uh, I don't
0: know about your network. uh,
1: Well, I mean, it's uh, the Eagles went up there last year in week eight. Lions hadn't won a game. They beat them 44 to six. I don't think it's going to be anything like that. But I think the Eagles are a much better team. And, you know, I mean, look, hard knocks was fun. It always is. You know, it's great listening to speeches and getting to know, you know, Malcolm Rodriguez and some of the guys. But the Eagles are just a better team. They're much further along in the development of their organization and what they're trying to do. Um, I think the Eagles are just better. I, I I think they put up a 30 spot, 31 to, you know, 13, something like that. I mean, I think they they win handily on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I had a 34-17 doubling down on the Lions, taking advantage of that banged-up offensive line. Now, uh, what? where can the fans tune in? I know you were all over the place during the preseason on NFL Network. It seems like you just had a room in the back over there. Uh, are you doing the Sky Sports again this season? What do you, Are you got a regular role now on the NFL Network where we can tune in and, and definitely find you? Yeah, I mean, I do on? my
1: share of shows. They, they used me a lot this offseason, which was great. I enjoy it, but I, I can't really just get up here in New Jersey and fly to L.A. and do a lot. So I, I do some shows here, NFL Now, uh, some total access, um, maybe some stuff on the weekends. But I'm announcing games for Compass Media every Sunday. I'll be in Arizona for Kansas City, Arizona on Sunday. I work for Sky Sports every week inside the huddle with Neil Reynolds, and I'll do the postseason with them. And, you know, I'll be doing all my radio hits for Odyssey. So uh, I've got, you know, I, I I work for 23 different teams, Rick, you know, putting, uh, you know, just film clips and breakdowns for all these different teams in the league. So I'm right where I need to be. I'm right here in the film room doing my thing.
0: No, that's outstanding. Do we have any uh, trips planned for London or Germany this year or what?
1: Well, I mean, I'm, you know, I, it had been shut down the last two years during the postseason. Right. Uh, but I, I should probably be in London for much of the postseason uh, working with Sky Sports in their studios right there. Uh, I don't know if that Germany game is going to happen. I think we're going to send the NFL Network there, though. I think our pregame show is going to cover that uh, for that Tampa Bay debut there in Germany.
0: Very cool. Hey, Baldy, man, always a pleasure getting you on the air here, chopping it up. I know our listening audience really appreciates the time. Uh, We'll let you get back into the film room sessions, my brother.
1: Thank you, Rick. Always a pleasure, buddy.
0: Talk to you soon. You bet. Friend of the show, Brian Baldinger right there. Nobody breaks it down like Baldy. In fact, you can go to coachtube.com and um, myself and Brian uh, did a whole slew of scouting breakdowns that are available on the coachtube.com. So you heard him say, uh, 23 NFL teams employing Baldy, maybe <laughs> maybe Baldy can hire me, I need a uh, an extra job. So uh, the good stuff though, great spot, kicking it off, Football Friday with you, uh, Brian Baldinger there, we'll have uh, Coach John DeFilippo coming up later on in the show, and our good friend Ralph Ventry will bring the axe and we'll go around the league, so hey, uh, big shout out to the chat room people. Easy Money, Tavern Mike, Joe Maddie. Show Enough, Gigi Meta. One Above, Show Enough, Gita, J-M-C. Hey, it's a football Friday, R-I-C, and a place to be on this September 9th, 2022. We got Tone behind the scenes. Later on, we'll pop him up on the scene. Uh, don't go anywhere. We're taking you up to the 12 o'clock hour where the sports take guys. We'll take it from there, followed by Dan Cilia, who called his shot, by the way. He had the Bills in a romp. We'll try to touch more on that. We'll get into some college football right after this.
3: do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24 7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Ekin. You- Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
1: Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently.
0: Go first!
1: Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pond Lee Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
0: football friday here on the football playbook session part nine on the september 9th 2022 hey who doesn't like kicking off a football friday with brian baldinger uh good friend of the show nobody i mean nobody breaks it down like baldy uh you saw him in the film room we interrupted the film sessions there at nfl films uh not too far down there in uh cherry hill so uh great spot out of baldy i know uh our next guest Coach John D. Filippo is with us. He's hanging out in the uh, green room. We'll pop him on early if he's ready. But real quick before we do, because I don't know if we'll get it. We got a jam-packed show. Ralph Ventry will be chopping it up. And I want to sneak in a li- little college football if we can. A couple of news and notes on the uh, Rams and Bills. And uh, we, we touched base on the Mac and Mac show on the previous show. We touched base with it at the beginning of the Baldy interview. A uh, couple of stories I want to point out. One... Uh, How about Sean McVay and Les Snead being extended through 2026? Big news. Uh, The bigger news, however, was this is why they earned the big bucks. Did you know? Did you see the story with the Aaron Donald retirement? He submitted a letter of resignation to the Rams and said, I'm done, bro. I'm hanging up the cleats. And much kudos to Snead and McVay. They never turned in the paperwork to the NFL. Nope. Instead uh, they spoke to the agent behind the scenes. Aaron Donald had no clue what was transpiring. One meeting led to another meeting to another meeting. Suddenly the agent and the Rams had a contract where they were both agreeable to terms. Meanwhile, here's Aaron Donald thinking he, he's done. I'm done. I retired. I sent my letter in. The Rams never handed in the paperwork. They hammer out a deal. Uh, Aaron Donald is back and Sean McVay and Les Snead get extended. So uh, Snead's been there now, I think about 10 years, 86, 74 and one on his watch and a resounding 55 and 26. Uh, with Sean McVay as head coach. So just wanted to point those out on the Rams and Bills. Um, we'll get more into that if we have time later on in the show. But next up is Coach John D. Filippo, of course, a member of your Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. He joins the football playbook show right now. Good morning, Coach. How are we doing?
2: Rick, what's up? Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, man, I uh, I appreciate the time. So glad that you can hop on here with us. I think you're checking in from Florida these days. Is that right?
2: I am. I'm down in Atlantic Beach, Florida. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's nice down here. And it's kind of my my home away from home, you know. And, and it's a place to go. And, you know, you're on sabbatical. So it's a good place to sabbatical for sure.
0: I am mad at you, Coach. I'm over here at the Jersey Shore. So, hey, Florida Beach, Jersey Beach, all good, except you get the nice weather year-round. So I'm not mad at that. Uh, We'll get into more about what you're doing down there in Florida, some of the things you have on the horizon, but we are a very uh, Philadelphia-intensive show, uh, very Eagles-friendly show, and we've already got the chat room clamoring for you to come back. Uh, So if you don't mind, I want to get into some uh, Eagles talk, and obviously we'll go back to you, your time as a quarterback coach with the Philadelphia Eagles, that magical run. Uh, What a time it is. Do you miss the city of brotherly love?
2: Uh, I miss it a ton. Um, You know, I went to high school in the Philadelphia area. I went to Radnor High School. So, you know, I moved there when I was a sophomore in in high school. And my dad was actually the athletic director at Villanova. So I was like right as I moved there, I was immersed right in the Philadelphia sports scene. And it was, I mean, just going to all kinds of games was just awesome. And and being around the coaches and the players and, you know, at the collegiate level and at, at the pro level. Um, the access I was very fortunate to have uh, was just awesome and you can't get a more passionate fan base than the Philadelphia fan base and it was just a great two years for my family and I and it was almost surreal coming back It was just because it was the first time i would moved in my coaching career where I, I knew where things were I knew streets I knew neighborhoods I knew, you know, so it, it was just a really smooth transition and the people in Philadelphia are awesome.
0: Yeah, and I would argue there's few, if any, better places to win. Uh, you know, we had Coach Eugene Chung on, and I said, "Man, that was probably the best party I've ever been to in my lifetime." <laughs> you know, down down there on Broad Street, and you had guys just hanging off from the statues, and uh, even the police partaking in the festivities. I never seen anything like it. So uh, what it, a time! It was
2: incredible. I, my wife and I, still look at videos. We, you know, from from the from the bus at that, and just. What a a great time to be alive, man. You know what I mean? It was just a a, a great time.
0: It was because it truly was the story of the underdog. There wasn't all these expectations where suddenly this year now, you know, we saw Jason Kelsey come out and say, hey, expectations don't mean a thing, but it's a little bit of a different story than 2017 because Eagles coming into the season as favorites, all these big off-season additions that – Has the fan base excited? We saw the Rams uh, last night, you know, pretty, pretty uh, vulnerable. And you could argue that both the Buccaneers, Packers have all taken steps backward. You could say what you want about the Eagles quarterback position. But San Francisco has just as many question marks. So uh, why not Philadelphia? I mean, do you have your finger on the pulse with how good this team can be?
2: You know, I was there. I was fortunate enough. I went for training camp. I went to the the, one of the practices uh, in the stadium Uh, and I was, you know, fortunate enough to to be down there and and the Eagles are a really good looking football team. I mean, you know, Howie does a great job of assembling both lines of scrimmage all the time. I know, you know, and he just does a great job of player acquisition. And, um, you know, I I would anticipate Jalen Hurts taking a huge step forward year two, you know, as a full-time starter and, 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 you know, doing a good job and, and moving the football. I mean, they did a really nice job offensively. Um, I think coach Sirianni and his staff do a good job of keeping teams off balance with some of the unique formations and, and things they do with Jalen. I think that's really puts a lot of stress on the defense. And I think, I, I think the expectations, you know, fit the, what the Eagles are. I, I, I think they're a good, really good football team.
0: Well, I can tell you this expectations aren't going to phase Jalen hurts. This kid's, as cool as a cucumber from what I've seen. Uh, but since you were down there in training camp, tell us what you saw from the Jalen hurts development, because I think he is probably under the microscope more than any other player on this roster. A lot of talk here in Philadelphia about, could he be a franchise quarterback and command franchise money? Uh, where do you see his development going? Is, is it something where he needs to become more of a pocket passer and read through his progressions coach, or is it, Hey, Hey, you know, he's a great dual threat quarterback. Let's enhance those attributes and improve what he does well.
2: I think it's that. I I don't think you ever, with a guy that's that blessed athletically, I don't think you ever want to take a, a quarterback's athleticism away from him. Now, there's times you need to be smart about it. There's times when, you know, I'm sure I, didn't, I only saw one practice, but he looked confident as heck when I was in there. He threw the ball on time and accurately. Um, and so, I, like I said, I anticipate him taking a huge step forward. You know, it's hard to get the perfect play call all the time. You know, as a former play caller in the NFL, quarterback coach, it's hard to get the perfect play call, especially on third down. You know, defense is changing up the coverages and this and that. And there's, there's a times where as a coach, we're just like, when you see that quarterback take off and go on third and seven and for a gain of 10 and gets down, you're like, hey, man, great job, you know? And so that was, you know, one mantra I always talk about with the quarterbacks is we always try to get one first down the game with our feet. And I think he can get multiple first downs with his feet. Um, you know, it, whether the pocket breaks down or not, or it's a quarterback design run, um, he's just an explosive player. And, and you know, interviewing him coming out of, coming out of college, he he is a confident guy. I mean, the pressure is not is not going to get to him in my opinion. Um, he's a very confident, uh, not cocky, but very confident in his ability. Uh, and I, I really look forward to watching him play. Rick, I can't hear you. You might be on mute. Sorry about that, coach. Oh, yeah. I
0: had a chance to be around Jalen uh for a week at the Senior Bowl. I think I think he was at the Heisman Trophy presentation and yeah, the demeanor, the poise, and you're talking about a guy now who's getting bombarded from every angle from coaches, from media, from parents and autographs and like never once got disrupted or flustered. And that's all off-the-field stuff, but from everything you hear, that's how he is in the huddle. That's how the teammates respect him. Uh, The Eagles hype video came out yesterday, and he was an integral part of that as well. So uh, you mentioned the formations now. Coach John D. Filippo here on the Football Playbook Super Bowl Champion with your Philadelphia Eagles. You mentioned the formations kind of keeps the uh, defense off balance and guessing. I guess the one criticism we hear – about the eagles offense is kind of the pre-snap movement the lack of motion being involved before the snap i know uh, coach sirianni was kind of feeling himself out there at the beginning made some adjustments after that two and five start they run into the playoffs was that just kind of feeling our oats there do you think that we'll see more motion? what why do you think there was not a lot of pre-snap motion last year? And should we anticipate more this year?
2: You know, as a guy that, you know, did not watch all the Eagles games, I, I can't speak on why there wasn't. I don't know the percentages and those things. But I can, I can talk to you about pre-snap motion and shifting. Um, it depends. A lot of it depends on the quarterback. Uh, because sometimes with a younger quarterback, you want him to have the picture when, when he gets the ball in his hands. And, you know, sometimes if you pre-snap shift in motion, the picture can change, the coverage can change. So it, some of it may have been the youth of the quarterback. I don't know. But I'm just talking about, you know, specific instances I've been around where I've had young guys in the past and even some some veterans that are like, hey, Flip, I, 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 want, I, I want to see the picture. So, you know, some people shift in motion to look cute. Uh, others, if there's a purpose for it, let's do it. And, um, you know, there's some teams that when you shift from – you know formation strength to the field they leave the nickel over to the field and now you can get you know your line, your receiver on a backer or safety so if there's if there's a purpose for it I think it's awesome because I do think it it does keep cadence and shifting in motion do keep the defense at bay because they're allowed to move it whenever the heck they want and the offense is not. So um you know I, I don't know if you'll see more of that out of the Eagles but that's my kind of what I have my thoughts on shifting and motioning. Very good. Uh, coach
0: flip here on the football playbook. You know, we had Brian Baldinger on a previous segment and I had mentioned to him that his coach at Alabama, Quincy Avery had suggested that Jalen was almost too rocked up coming out of college where he was built like a linebacker, a running back almost. And so he, he kind of lessened the workload in the weight room this off season, which uh, coach Avery saying has led to better flexibility, better mechanics. Which has also resulted in, in better confidence for Jalen Hurts. Do you buy into that philosophy?
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think the quarterback can be too rocked up, as you said. I, I think you got to be really careful. Um, you know, in terms of you know weight, in terms of like you said, flexibility, um, arm angle, explosion out of the pocket. You know, if you're too tight, it gets it gets hard. Um, just knowing being in the Eagles building. Uh, They have every resource needed in terms of the strength and conditioning nutrition. I mean, that is so big in that building. And Mr. Lurie is big into it and never one time told the coaching staff no on anything when it came, especially to strength and conditioning and nutrition. So there's a lot of smart people in that building that are helping those guys out with making those decisions. Yeah.
0: The Eagles, one of the teams that were kind of ahead of the curve uh, with analytics and tracking and catapult and all that stuff now which is considered the norm i mean every team is using that um so all right let me ask you within the the division uh this team is somewhat still disrespected because they won nine games a year ago they added all these pieces aj brown on offense a bunch of pieces on defense yet uh vegas has the over under win total at nine and a half a lot of sports books still have the cowboys favored to win the division Uh, I think you know it's been something crazy nobody has repeated as NFC East champions for I don't know how many years it is the Cowboys won it last year how do you handicap this NFC East race it's gonna
2: be it's it's gonna be a lot of fun it's a watch and first off the NFC East is just a fun place to be because all those teams have been playing each other for so long so you know, you get those those Eagles, Redskins, Eagles, Dallas. I mean, Giants, Dallas. I mean, those are just great games, you know. So if you're an NFL fan, and I just, you got to love NFC East football, number one. Number two, um, I, I think that teams are pretty evenly matched. I really do. I I, I think, you know, well, I tell you, A.J. Brown is a, is one heck of a player. Uh, and, you know, again, it just goes to Howie, you know, being able to add a player of that caliber that is young. You know, and, and to, you know, that guy's going to be an eagle for a long time if he if he produces, if he wants to be, if they want him. And so, you know, that that's that's going to be really exciting to watch. And I think, like, like you've said, Rick, I think the maturation of Jalen Hurts is going to is going to be where the Eagles go. And I hate to put too much onus on the quarterback position because there are, you know, 10 other guys on the field. But it is what it is. I mean, that's why those guys get paid what they do. Uh, that's why they have to spend that time in the building. Um, you know, the other storyline in the NFC East is, you know, how, how's Carson going to play, you know, and, and, I and Carson's pretty darn good last year in a lot of games. Okay. And, and, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm a little bit of a homer because I, I love Carson, but um you know, that's, that's another question mark with the, with the Redskins. I think I was up at the Giants practice watching them and boy, coach Dayball's flying around and those guys are flying around and, you know, they're going to be a tough, a tough, you know, uh beat, you know, twice. So the Giants are, are good. And then obviously Dallas, there's always going to have players. You know, they're always going to have really good skilled players. I know they lost their really good left tackle. uh So it'll be interesting to see how they, how they, that, who, who takes his place. um But, you know, obviously Dak Prescott's had a fantastic career so far. And, um you know, it's just a wide open race. It really is. And a lot of it's going to come down to who stays the healthiest um you know and and that's going to be always a play a huge part but it's going to be a lot of, it's going to be a fun division to watch
0: no it's, it is it's It's going to be a double chin strap affair no doubt about it and you were reading my mind because I wanted to pick your brain on the one Carson Wentz who's now with uh Washington Commanders and what happened I mean you know he had a pretty solid regular season there with the Colts last year yep. Was the playoff performance just such a disappointment that the team felt like they had to move on? And you said you were at the Washington training camp. Uh, What's your finger on the pulse with Carson Wentz for this season?
2: Well, you know, again, this is just one man's opinion. Um, You know, the fact that they lost those last two games, you know, and and didn't perform great offensively probably led to a lot of that decision. Uh, In Indy, I don't know how that whole thing went down, I'll, 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 tell you this. When I was at the commander's training camp, I had a chance to spend some time with Carson, um, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And, you know, we talked some football, mainly we just talked about our families and, and this and that. He seems to be in a really good place. Uh, he looks really good. Uh, looks lean. Like he always does. I mean, Carson takes great care of himself. Uh, you know, he's moving around. Well, you know, I, I, he's never said this to me, but I think, you know, the back injury and obviously the ACLs are hard to come back from, uh, difficult at times to come back from. And I, I, I just think he's in a good spot mentally. I really do. I, I, I think and it's a good marriage, in my opinion, because he needed that team and the team needed him. And it, usually when that happens, you, you can make things work. And its I'm really excited for him um, to come back and, 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 and play well.
0: No, we'll definitely be keeping tabs on the entire NFC East here on the Jacob Sports channel. No doubt about that. Um, I'm curious, Coach, just a one follow up on Carson Wentz because I saw him at the combine coming out of North Dakota State. Probably said, Who the heck is this kid coming up to me telling me what to do? But I said, Yo, Carson, how about you stop diving head first? Because I, I saw in college he got hurt, diving head first. I saw a lot of injuries with Philadelphia, diving head first. Uh, Did that topic of conversation ever come up with you guys and should he think about resorting to becoming more of a pocket passer with Washington?
2: I think it's the same thing with, with Jalen. I think you, you, your pocket movement, you climb, if you need to climb, you slide, if you need to slide. And if you, if, if it's clean, you stay back there. You know, if it's, if there's a throw to be made, we make it. And if there's not, then we use our God given ability to make a play whether that be extend the play out of the pocket or, or take off and go. And I think with Matt, with, with, with being a little bit more mature than, you know, guys, all these guys coming out of college think that, oh, I'm never going to get hurt. I'm not going to, you know, there's a, I, I think with maturity, I think these guys understand, hey, I better protect myself and not only protect yourself for you as a quarterback and a player, but also you got to protect the team. And I'm not just talking about Carson. I'm talking about any quarterback. I mean, you have the livelihood. Whenever you touch that ball as a quarterback, you have the livelihood of everyone in that building on your shoulders, and there's some guys that can accept that pressure and there's some guys that can't. And that's for any quarterback. I mean, because we touch the ball on every single play. And so I think Carson will do a good job protecting the football this year and protecting himself. Uh, and I think now that he's a little bit older and, and further in his career, I think he understands that uh, again, Carson's a very confident guy in his ability. Uh, he's a, I mean, you've stood next to him, Rick. He's a big dude, man. He's a big dude. And so you can take some of those hits when you're a big guy, but you're also playing against guys, big dudes as well. So, um, like I said, I'm really excited for Carson.
0: Uh, Listen, no doubt about it. When he's on, he's on. And that Washington team, I think, is going to be a tough route. I think a lot of people just assume the Eagles are going to sweep that season series. Ah, not so fast, my friend. That's going to be a tough matchup for sure. Now, you mentioned – I got to pick your brain here because you mentioned you were – at the giants camp yeah daniel jones another quarterback who tends to tuck and run we saw him injure the neck last year uh running the ball so what did you see i i've been towards the arrow of daniel jones i i I seen what i needed to see i'm not quite sure he's a franchise quarterback new regime new coach fresh start what's your take on daniel jones
2: yeah um Daniel practiced very well the day I was there. Uh, the number one thing that I, I really enjoyed watching was Coach Dayball is trying to set a mentality up there. And he basically threw out the script one day at practice and just it was a red zone period and ran it almost every snap. And was just trying to, hey, we got we got to run the ball in the, in the, in the red zone when there's 22 dudes in a tight spot. You Know and, and the running back has to make the safety miss. There's gonna be one unblocked down there all the time, and that's the running back's guy. He has to make a miss. Either you run him over, you make a miss, do something. Okay, so the mentality there of what they're trying to set, I think, is, is the first thing to talk about with the Giants. And it's a big year for Daniel Jones, there's no doubt about it. It's a big year for him. Obviously, he knows that the Giants know that. Um, and, and it, it, you know, that's not an easy place to play either, you know, in that market. Uh, so, um it's a big year for him, but like I said, I, I was really impressed with the way Coach Dable ran practice and his coaching. I know his. I mean, you got my my boy might grow up there. I mean, you, they had a really good coaching staff up there in, in New York. I mean, Coach Dable did a great job assembling that staff, and so I, I think that they'll, they'll be better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had not met uh, Coach Dable Dable uh, prior to him taking the Giants' head coaching job, so I was kind of playing a wait and see and approach uh hard to judge off a of preseason and training camp but i will say it seems like they got the right guy this time because it's been somewhat of a revolving door everybody wanted tom coughlin out the door uh, be careful what you wish for because yeah. they, they recycled about three or four coaches there before they found a, a good one so um coach john d filippo uh an honor and privilege to have him here hopefully you have a few more minutes coach i'd love to Pick your brand hey, a little bit. Time uh, is
2: something I have a lot of these days.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of that, <laughs> so so you, you've taken a step back this season. Uh, you've obviously been visiting NFL training camps. Were you, were you on location at any, at any other camps this season? Yeah. Well,
2: if we got so my parents celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary up in Boston Congrats. this summer. So my whole family converged down in Wellesley, Massachusetts, and my wife and daughter flew back to uh, Florida from there. I rented a car and went to Buffalo, down to the Pittsburgh Panthers, Pittsburgh Steelers, Eagles, Jets, Giants, Penn State. James Franklin was my receiver coach in college. Oh, okay. um, then I drove down to see the Commanders in Washington. Then I went to Wake Forest. Uh, then I stopped in uh, Atlanta and Carolina. So I was on the road for about three and a half weeks. And um, it was just good to get football back in again. That's the part you miss is you just miss football. Like you miss being a part of something bigger than yourself. You miss the the coaching. You miss, you know, being on a coaching staff. Um, To say you miss working from 6 in the morning till 2 in the morning, you got to be a little bit psycho to say you enjoy that. But, you know, you do miss parts of that as well. Um, So, you know, it it was just good to be back around football. It, it, It was just awesome. No, you definitely
0: got the sickness, uh, coach. You got to have the sickness to be in this business. <laughs> and uh, I think the Steelers were back in Latrobe this year, were they not?
2: They were. They were. I, they, I got to see the coaching staff. They got the night I was there. They got rained out, so I didn't get a chance to 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 see the practice. But I, I got a chance to spend some time with the coaching staff, so that was good. Yeah, last
0: time I, I was there in the rain, and they moved it in, inside to the gymnasium. But just the the training camp ambiance in the field. Oh, yeah. When you go to Latrobe, it's just one of my favorite pit stops at, 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 along the training camp. And I had a chance; I didn't know that about Coach Franklin. I had a chance to get up to Penn State. A little bit surprised they were unranked going into the season because that defense Whew. looks really, really good. And that
2: Joey Porter Jr. He's a player now. They flew around on defense when I was there at practice. So, in like I said, I, I've known Coach Coach Franklin. I've known each other since I was 18 years old. So, I mean, I had. Car, he was so welcoming and, and let me in meetings and I was in the quarterback meetings and uh, boy, they have, you know, the young man they have playing quarterback there. Now Clifford is, is obviously has a ton of experience, but boy they have two young kids under him that have a chance to be really good. Um, well,
0: that drew Alar, he could have went to any college in the country.
2: Yeah. They have, they have two young guys underneath this Clifford that are whew, <laughs> those guys are guys you want in your building in, in college football.
0: Hey, if you say it coach, I believe it. Uh, so let's get, let's go now down to Florida where you're checking in from. Uh, we connected through our good friend, coach Chung, who I've had the pleasure of working with now for the past two years or so uh, with the hub football camp. It all came about during the pandemic when these street free agents, they were having a hard time getting inside the building due to the COVID testing and the protocol and the restrictions and the limitations and, Lo and behold, I mean, hey, we did a great job. I think we got one out of four guys off the street and into the NFL or CFL. We had 85 guys in the USFL, and 50 of those guys went on uh to the NFL. And so it, it created a lot of opportunities and and doors and looks, and and now they're doing a uh transfer portal camp in addition to the pro camp, which will be kind of a similar format, but for players in the NCAA transfer portal, I know. People hear NIL and transfer portal, they know it's the wild, wild west. They might not know. There's 14,000 players sitting in the transfer portal, and the latest uh, data suggests that 40% of these kids never even suit up again once they enter the portal. And a lot of it comes from not having film. They go to a school. The coaches change. Maybe they don't play a lot. So tell the folks at home what you're doing with the uh, hub football camp.
2: Yeah, I just got started with them, and and I'm looking forward to working my my first camp here coming up and down in Naples. And I'm just really looking forward to 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 being a part of it, a small part of it, and uh, you know, helping coach the QBs and helping out Coach Chung, you know, whatever he needs me to do. And um, obviously, he's down there in Naples. I'm a little bit north of him in Atlantic Beach, Florida. Uh, but I'm looking forward to getting down there. And I, I think anytime you can give a young man an opportunity, I think it's awesome. That's why people ask me a lot about hey the XFL and and, and the USFL. And I'm like, Hey, it's more opportunities for people to play, to play the great game of football. It's more opportunities for coaches to coach. It's more opportunities for refs to ref. It's more opportunities for broadcasters to broadcast. And I just think anytime you can get on a field and play in games, that's why I was so disappointed as a coach when NFL Europe dissolved, because um, you, you got to send five or six guys over from each team to go play. And, you know, I've coached some good young quarterbacks that haven't just gotten an opportunity, you know, they, 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 should be number twos or, you know, starters on, on certain teams. And they just haven't had the film to put on. And that, that's why I think anytime you can get these leagues that, and obviously that the camps are helping out this process, I think it's, it's great for everybody.
0: No doubt about it. And the players are going to be, in for a treat to get hands-on coaching and feedback from yourself because that's part of the process is leave a better player, learn new techniques, learn elements of your game that you didn't know you had uh, maybe in the toolbox. And so uh, any player or agent interested, hubfootball.com, if you want to learn more about that. You make a great point about the NFL Europe, which I miss dearly, And I'm so happy that the XFL and the USFL look like they're going to be around, at least in the short term. And I would argue, I'd I'd be curious to get your opinion. Like if I'm Carson Wentz, right, who just had a tryout uh, with the Denver Broncos after being released by the Eagles. But you tell me, Coach, like would he benefit more playing a season in, in, in a spring league as a starter Getting in game reps, or would he benefit more being on a, a, a practice squad for his development? You're thing. talking about
2: you said Carson Wentz. Carson Strong. Oh, Carson, Carson strong. strong, the oh.
0: undrafted free agent uh, out of Nevada, successful college yeah. career, didn't quite uh, pan out with the Eagles. They gave him. He was the highest paid undrafted free agent, by the way. Didn't make the cut. Tried out for Denver. Didn't get picked up there. If you're Carson Wentz, do you go try to latch on to a practice squad or do you go try to play a season in the spring spring league? You uh,
2: any young quarterback, I would tell them to go play. I, I, I would tell them to go play. Um, the other situation is this, okay? I, I, here's 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 the pros of playing. I'll start up with, with the pros of playing. Um, the pros of playing are obviously you, you get experience, you get tape, okay? You can make mistakes you can, you know, understand the speed of pro football, okay? The cons, if you turn down a practice squad opportunity, are the coaches don't know you. Like, they don't – they didn't have a chance to get their hands on you on an everyday basis saying, boy, player X really does a great job with our starter. He Our starter assigns him to projects, and he comes back and says, hey, but, 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 they, they do this, 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 okay? Um, the other piece – okay if i was advising if i had a son if i was advising him what route to go would be okay who's gonna who's your quarterback coach and offensive coordinator are they known for developing do are they will they take the time to try to develop you um you know we we had a young man in philadelphia nate sudfeld and um uh, boy was he fun to develop man and 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 we had a plan. We used to go out three hours before the game and I'd put them through an hour workout. And, you know, back then it was obviously it was, it was 20 games, but by the end of the season, you get 20 hours of, of one-on-one individual time with your position coach. So I, 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 I'm not, and I'm not, this isn't one of these. I'm just, I'm just talking to you about how you you develop willingness to develop quarterbacks. So I would say, Hey, is, is, is the coaching staff, they're known for developing, they have a plan to develop you uh, would be another critical piece, but at the end of the day, I don't think you can ever be wrong going to play. Yeah, and Sudfeld
0: just got paid this offseason, two million bucks to be a backup. Pretty good. Not too many backup quarterbacks earning that kind of coin, so and he's uh, well yeah.
2: worth that. Yeah, he and well it, but great. he was he, a
0: project. He was. He a is project. well
2: worth that, and that's a that's a young man you want in your building. He is great. Understands his role. He's big. He can still move. He's got a. He can make all the throws. He's not a stiff back there where he's just going to be a a X marks the spot at seven and a half yards deep. That's not who he is. Um, That was a great pickup.
0: Yeah, I know the 49ers really wanted to hold on to him. And then the whole Jimmy Garoppolo situation unfolded the way it did. And, you know, they gave him guaranteed money. They had to let him go. Next thing you know, I don't know if you saw hard knocks. He's on the red eye in the film room, coach Campbell didn't even know he was, he, Oh, he took the red eye. We, by the way, we signed, uh, we claimed Sudfeld off waivers and that's a good spot for him. That's a great good spot. spot. For him. Yeah. Did you make it to lions camp at all?
2: I did not. Okay. I didn't. I, I went out in the spring Rick. I went out to Kansas city. Uh, okay. cause obviously I have a really good relationship with Matt Nagy. Uh, you know, and he and I were together last year. He was my boss in Chicago. And he and I have been friends for a long time. And so I went out and watched the Chiefs this spring and their were mandatory camp. But uh, I just didn't have time to get out, out there. And really, the most west I went was uh, Pittsburgh.
0: Okay, let me ask you about Justin Fields then, because uh, there was a lot of quarterbacks in the first round taken last year. You had Mac Jones, you had uh, 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 Trey Lance, you had all these guys. Uh, where do you see Justin Fields in his, uh, development at this time? Now he doesn't have the luxury like a Jalen hurts of a great offensive line. It seems like, you know, he's under duress constantly and it's kind of hard to gauge a quarterback's development sometimes. And I think back to Carr in Houston, where he was just under the gun so frequently early on in his career, he never recovered from it. Any concerns there with fields? Well, I'm hoping that
2: doesn't happen to him, obviously, um, he's a tremendous talent um Justin is as athletic a guy as I've been around a long time I mean he can his arm angle can change uh he is legit fast I mean usually the fact he's probably one of the fastest guys on the field each week he's big big lower body strong um I People ask me about Justin all the time. I think Justin has a chance to be an elite second and third level thrower. He really does. Like he the way he can throw the deep ball, it it's it's a gift. It really is. And I know the thing that Justin and I were trying to work on when I was there was just those first level throws, those Omaha's, those slants, those smokes, the bubble screens, just getting it up and out. You know what I'm saying? And just having that quick, that quick upper body twitch. And he he bought in. I mean, he totally did whatever we asked him to do. Um, But that's the one thing I'd love to see Justin improve on is is just that first level up and out, you know, tight window slant that where that ball's got to be up and out quick and then still be thrown with tremendous accuracy. So um, I know he knows that. And um, I I look, I could see him improving on that drastically.
0: I I think he can be a good quarterback in this league. And I think he's shown the flashes and the glimpses. And it's just a matter of, you know, I hate to say it, but putting the talent around them because now the wide receivers are kind of banged up offensive line, not the most reliable. So it's not, it's not, it's not a situation that's going to necessarily breed success, but man, I'm telling you, I'm with you coach. I think he's got potential untapped potential in that arm, uh, man, I I could sit here and and cancel the rest of the shows and just talk football with coach D here. But, uh, let me ask you, I mean, what's next for coach flip? What are you going to be doing this season? Will you be, uh, Making any other tours? What's what's the plan between now and next season? What do you got cooking?
2: Well, what's next on the horizon? There's only one person that knows that, and he is hasn't come down to me in a dream yet and told me what the next what the next next move is. But I we have faith in, in that there is a plan, and um, we'll see. Uh, I, you know, it was time. It, it was time uh, to take a year and take a breather. I just had a, a my wife just and I just had a daughter. She's two now. Congrats. Um, you know, during when I was in Chicago, I saw like I saw her half an hour a week awake and and it was just time. And, um, you know, my wife was really pushing me to to take this year off. I'm really in, in, in a way where it wasn't overbearing and where she's like, you know, it's one of those where either you take a year off or you're I'm hitting the highway. It wasn't that at all. It was just, yeah. hey, let's just come. Let's just take a breather. And, um, you know, I'm I'm was very fortunate. Like I said, to travel around, I don't have any plans to go anywhere this fall because I don't want to bother the coaching staff there when they're playing for, you know, game week prep, that's hard enough. and You don't need somebody else in the building there. So um, just do things like this. I like Rick, I, I can't thank you enough for having me on. I, I just love talking ball and, and I love. Oh, we'll have you back then. I, I just love it. <laughs> and And so, uh, you know, I love doing things like this. I was on Sirius XM the other day for, you know, 15, 20 minutes doing, doing a piece. And I just enjoy talking football. So uh, that's, that's the plan. Yeah.
0: This was supposed to be 15, 20 minutes, but we went a little overtime here. Uh, But no, congrats on your daughter. I have a four year old. I get it. It goes in the blink of an eye. And I do some scouting with the NFL PA ball. Obviously I work with hub now, Jacob sports. I've been doing the draft Bible since 2021. And, uh, that's the sacrifice with this great game of football. It it, it does put a toll and a tax on your family. And it's funny because at Penn state practice, I I, I bumped into coach Dinkins, whose son is a tight end there for Penn state. He used to be at Rutgers. I used to see him all the time at Rutgers. I think he was with Tampa Bay as well. I said, what are you doing these days coach? He said, well, you know, it was either coaching or family. He's like, and, and he's got a daughter who's like an all state volleyball player. His son's now, playing at Penn state. And he's like, you know, I just really wanted to be there and, and have some time with my kids. And no, it's, uh, it's really something that people on the outside don't realize. They think, Hey man, stop complaining about working in football. But Hey, when you start to grow the family and miss out on those first days of school and all that fun stuff, I mean, uh, you know, it tugs at you. So I get it. Um, I know I speak for everybody listening. Uh, we'd love to see you back in the league. And you see uh, Kevin Savard there. And Ekno Thanks, Kevin.
2: Appreciate the, you, man.
0: All the senti- sentiments in the chat room. You're getting showered with a lot of praise, a lot of love. Uh, last one, I'll, I'll get you out on this one because, again, I go back to that Super Bowl parade. What a time. It, it, I think it's the greatest time in the city's history let me ask you this, because with all these expectations in Philadelphia, was there a certain point during the season, and nobody favored you guys to go all the way, but was there a point during the season where you started saying to yourself, you know, we're cooking with gas. We might have something here.
2: I, I told my wife around week 10 we were going to win the Super Bowl. Wow. And I've been in, enough, been in enough locker rooms and around enough, situations where we had it we had a, a really good thing like um we had the perfect amount of leadership from the from the coaches down to the players where it wasn't overbearing and we had the perfect amount of guys like Jason Peters Kelsey Ertz that you know sprolls that the best teams, in my opinion, police each other, and 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 it doesn't always have to come from the coaches. We we had tremendous player leadership on that team. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm missing out on guys like Malcolm Jenkins and 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 you know Fletcher Cox and and you know those, those guys. I'm, not, I'm I'm leaving a bunch of other guys out that are. And I apologize, fellas, but that that it was like, and we had a tremendous coaching staff. I mean, in my opinion, I mean. I thought, you know, when you look at the coordinators on that staff and and Jim Schwartz and Frank Reich, I mean, you can't get two better coaches than in my opinion than that. I mean, those guys are all stars. Um, then obviously Coach Peterson awesome, you know, and, and you know, you got Stout and Peel and Deuce and, and Mike Grow and and just a, a bunch of good people and a bunch of good coaches. And it was just the players bought in. Um, there was very little bickering and all that some of that stuff that goes on. And it helped that we were winning. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and put my head in the sand and say, but you know, if it helped, that we obviously we were winning. And, uh, but yeah, that team was special. It was really a, a special group of, of young men and um, a lot of fun to work with. Well, Hey,
0: you've uh, really given us a lot of fun to soak in and discuss here, coach. And Hey, uh, we'll we'll talk more off the air. Unfortunately, I have a family situation that'll likely prevent me from being down at the hub in Naples there on October 8th. I was really looking forward to that one and if I don't get down there, uh really really uh look forward to hearing all the feedback from the players and the coaches and our good friend Tom Goodhines all the folks over at the hubfootball.com. Um I think well, Tom Rick, might be the
2: most organized person I've ever I've met in a long time.
0: Dude, he's all over it. Uh a listener
2: of the show by the way hey Tom. okay Tom, I'll call you this afternoon i apologize i will you a phone call back
0: and uh no it's it's really a well organized uh that's probably one of the best uh feedbacks that we get from people who attend is it's just so well organized no wasted time kind of like a uh, coach seriani practice i guess so uh no have fun buckle up hopefully uh maybe we get you on before then if not definitely after that event and uh you, you got an open invite coach we'll talk more <laughs> off the air
2: but anytime hey, you want to
0: pop on brother you got it you got the you appreciate can, uh, you that's nice, that, that's real nice. And, hey
2: like i said anytime time, i got a lot of that the only, only time is i, I have a, a standing tea time on wednesdays so i just can't i can't play on wednesday hey, all right wednesday. noted we'll be in touch <laughs> see you guys have a Chris great Flip,
0: one john D. filippo there uh, arguably the best spot we've had in this brief history of the football playbook. It's part nine edition here on the September 9th, 2022, elongated segment there. So we're going to have to pay some bills. Keep it locked. We'll have R- Ralph Ventry later on in the show, taking you up to the 12 o'clock hour with the sports take guys, followed by Big Sills, the national football show from three to six. It's the Jacob Sports Channel, Football Friday. You're home for the bird talk.
1: My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey. Tell us your story.
3: It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action News on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action News at
1: 10 p.m. on PHL 17.
3: I get scared sometimes of a lot of things. Joining in, decisions,
1: the dark. The dark. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
0: Holy and you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free?
1: That's right. One free Rocks glass per customer with each first time
2: purchase of stateside vodka. So good, it just disappears.
0: at it again it's the football playbook part 9 edition here on the september 9th 2022 ric and the place to be rick saratella telling it like it is when it comes to the nfl draft and everything football over on nfldraftbible.com since 2002 it's what we do our 21st season of coverage and of course we always have our eye on the nfl draft uh Quickly here, before we pop up Ralph Ventry and go around the NFL, I wanted to get into some uh, college football stuff. And, you know, the big game I mentioned, I alluded to it earlier, Will Levis versus Anthony Richardson. Uh, You can guarantee the press box will be full of scouts, NFL decision makers. I'm sure there will even be a handful of GMs for this one, because you've got two potential first round quarterbacks. You've got two potential quarterbacks who could very well be the number one pick off the board. And so we're going to be keeping an eye on that. Like I said, uh, Florida was not even ranked coming into the season. They take care of business last week against Utah in a thrilling game. They come in now suddenly ranked number 12, Kentucky at number 20. Uh, A lot of, a lot of, uh, preseason hype surrounding this Kentucky squad, thinking they would do some big things in the SEC. Florida now favored a touchdown in this one. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, I know we're monitoring as well. Uh, He's got a matchup against Southern Miss. CJ Stroud, we want to see some more, right? Now, you know, people saying, hey, well, you know, he didn't look so good in week one, but he also played a top five team. Okay, so let's give him a little bit of credit where credit is due. Tyler Van Dyke, he's putting uh, 70 burgers up on, you know, FCS squads. And Bryce Young, you know, they blew uh, Utah State out of the water last week. Let's see how they do against their old friend Steve Sarkeesian uh, as Alabama takes on Texas. You know, that's going to be a fun matchup. Quinn Ewers, who you might remember Started at Ohio State, lost out to C.J. Stroud. Uh, he was the number one recruit in the nation at one point, so he's just a sophomore. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on him and Hudson Card, I think, down there, and Bijan Robinson, dark horse c- candidate for the Heisman Trophy, also a potential first round pick. Uh, so just some names to keep an eye on there. NC State, Devin Leary, you know, not not exactly what we expected to see. They eke out a win against uh, East Carolina a week ago. Devin Leary, because he's a fellow Jersey guy, uh, you know, I got a little extra love for him and we'll see how he pans out. So, um, Keaton Slovis, you know, we had Dane Vandernat on yesterday talking about that Tennessee Pittsburgh matchup. Uh, that's going to be a close one, I think. Uh, Tennessee's ranked 24th, Pittsburgh 17th. That one's in pit. Okay, so you got Tennessee, and SEC team traveling up to Pitt. I would have really liked to see this uh, be later on in the year and see how Tennessee did in, in some December weather uh, as opposed to sub- s- September weather. But nonetheless, it'll be a good matchup. Georgia versus Sanford, man, this is what I call is going to be Bubba Sparks ugly, okay? Uh, man... Uh, if we come back on Monday and you tell me Georgia scored hundred points, I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) This game is going to be over before it even begins. Uh, So a couple, couple matchups here to monitor over the weekend. USC Stanford should be a good one. Caleb Williams. There's still a sophomore working under Lincoln Riley. He could be a first round pick for the 2024 NFL draft. Uh, So, you know, couple prospects there that i wanted to get in uh we do have ralph ventry scheduled he has arrived so uh let's do this let's reset you know uh, i'll try to do better next week on the football friday in terms of sneaking some college football talk in there uh but we had coach John D. Filippo for like almost an hour, Tone? Was that almost an hour of f- real football talk? That's what we do on the football playbook. And uh, I got to say, great job out of you, Tone. Uh, this might be our best show yet between uh, Bri- uh, Brian Baldinger, John D. Filippo, and now the grinder. He's Ralph Ventry sharpening the axe, ready to chop some wood here on the football playbook. He joins us for a cameo on the football Friday, Ralph Buckle up. It's a double chin strap affair. How are we doing today? I know you're happy with your Buffalo Bills last night.
3: Happy Football
0: Friday. Happy NFL kickoff 2022.
3: As you know, Rick, I'm up here at the Jersey Shore in Monmouth County, but I need to make a trip down to AC. I need to get to the Ocean Casino and Resort and go over to the sportsbook because I got some tickets to cash From Thursday Night Football, uh, what a way to open the season. Uh, The Bills look like the number one team in football. And it's a long season. And week one overreactions never hold up well. You know, a team is never as good as they looked in week one. Or as never as bad as they looked in week one. I'm sure the Rams really aren't that bad. Um, but with that said, what a fun way to kick off the season for a Buffalo Bills fan.
0: I'm marking it down now. Ralph Ventry, one and zero. Rick Saratella, zero and one. It makes you
3: feel That's like, why I'm like you. At least you're an honest guy. You don't try to. You don't try to run from the truth and. Hey, I know this is a little off topic, but with that game last night, there was a rookie from Villanova starting for the Bills at cornerback. Yeah. Tredavious White still returning from the ACL. He's not back, so the Bills had to hold that corner, and they chose a sixth-round rookie, Christian Benford, out of Villanova, and he looked pretty good. Definitely didn't look out of place. Uh, Kyrie Elam looked good as well. But the reason why I bring that up is because I know that you were the first guy who told me about this Christian Benford, and uh, you were on top of him from the start. You told me he was going to be a small school gem, and sure enough, so far so good. So just wanted to give you a shout-out there, Rick. Got to give the credit where the credit's
0: due. Hey, no, I appreciate that, Ralph. And we just had Coach uh, John D. Filippo, who has some Villanova ties as well. I didn't even know but you're right. Last, last summer, when I went to the ocean city scrimmage, I had a firsthand look at Kristen Benford and I said, Hey, you take the FCS label off of the helmet. This is an NFL guy. And, uh, he's proven it right. He, he beat out a first round pick. I think Kyrie Elam was a first round guy. Wasn't he? Yeah. Elam was a first round pick. Uh, he played a little bit in the second half.
3: They kind of shared snaps, but, but Benford was on the field for most of the first half and, uh, I may have got beat once or twice by Cooper Cup but but that's nothing to hang your head about but uh uh just cool to see uh to see a small school guy out there on a big stage against the defending Super Bowl champions and uh Buffalo has a few FCS guys of course uh Taron Johnson from Weber State in that secondary and Cooper Cup from Eastern Washington so um mm-hmm. Don't uh, don't sleep on the small schoolers. That's uh, that's the, the the moral of the story. But um, let's go, let's go around the league. Let's
0: let's chop it up. You know we got we got 15 more games to go, baby. Yeah, in let's week do it. one, uh, our good friend Craig T. Smith saying Ola Adams down there, good friend of the show, Coach Adams, of course at Villanova, says always good to see Ralph smile. Nobody's smiling from ear to ear than Mister Ventry today after the Buffalo Bills circled the wagons. So let's do it, Ralph. Uh, you know how we do it here at the Football Playbook. We're gonna get all our picks on paper, but we're gonna go ATS against the spread. Anybody can pick the winner. So I've got the uh, the Gallery Ocean Casino Sportsbook odds up in front of me. We're gonna start things off with uh, our Philadelphia Eagles and Detroit Lions, which the uh, the line has now gone up to four and a half. It had stayed steady at three and a half, four as we get. Closer to kickoff now, it looks like uh, 56% of the money coming in on Philadelphia, which has increased the point total as well, up to 48 and a half over under. But uh, Eagles minus the four and a half against the Detroit Lions. How do you see this one, Ralph? Well, I know the Eagle fans aren't going to like me.
3: Um, I don't see an upset here, but I like the four and a half. Uh, especially if they're giving you that hook there, that extra half point. I like the Lions at home four and a half to show up. Uh, maybe I'm drinking the hard knocks juice a little bit, but uh, I can see the Eagles getting out of there with the field goal victory. Uh, I'm going to take the points on this one. To tell you, though, Rick, the one thing that scares me, and and, and this is – why I'm going to go with the Lions too. I like a lot of road teams this week, and I just I don't know if all the road teams are going to win, but I, I I like them all. But
0: in this one, I'm going with the home side getting the points. Now you know the Eagles blew the the roof off the hinges against the Lions last year. It was a forty-four to six blowout. You think the Lions have made that much improvement? Yeah, I think you are. I think you are drinking that hard knocks cooler.
3: Well, 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 well. Uh, I, I, am not saying that the Lions have made that much improvement. Maybe they weren't as bad as that 44 to six score. But supposedly, it is a new season, right? Uh, you know, maybe uh, Jamal Williams. You heard him over there. So, um, <laughs> but like I said, th- 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 this should be a competitive game. Um, I, 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 I know that the Eagles are a sound team. Um, but I'm still. Not a believer yet in Jalen Hurts. You know, I know the Eagles are going to be able to run the ball well. I know they have a solid defense. A.J. Brown is an exciting uh, addition. I mean, that's a steal. But uh, like I said, Jalen Hurts got to prove it to me first. And let's see if he could start off with a win on the road going up against a team that they should beat. So that would definitely be a
0: good start. All right. We'll see. Ralph's got a little bit closer. I have... If you listen to the Mac and Mac show, I was on for the last hour. Jody Mac put me on the spot. You already know my prediction. I got Eagles 34, Lions 17. I think they double down and uh, take advantage of that banged up Lions offensive line. All right, let's go around the league. Ralph Venture's got the axe sharpened up, ready to grind. Uh, that The Eagles game is 1 p.m. on Fox. Also, 1 p.m. on Fox is the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons, by the way, September 11th, hard to imagine. It'll be 21 year anniversary of the NFL opening week one on September the 11th, uh, new Orleans though, at Atlanta, this one now at five and a half favoring the saints on the road in Atlanta. Jameis is back talking about your hip bones connected to your waistbone. your waist bones connected to your, <laughs> but, uh, what do you make of the Saints team? A lot of them, a lot of people in the media believe they could be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. Uh, five and a half seems like a uh fair number that they can come in there and crush Marcus Mariota and the Falcons. How do you see this? I I'm not buying the Saints Super Bowl hype. I think that
3: probably at best they're a wild card team. I know a lot of people like their defense. Um with that said, I'm going with Famous Jameis to eat a W in this one, laying the five and a half with the Saints. But I like the under. If I'm gonna bet this game, I'm not necessarily gonna I I'll pick the Saints for, for, for picking purposes, but if I'm going to bet this game, um, I actually like the
0: under uh better than 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 picking a side in this one. All right, that over-under is at 42 and a half, so relatively low. Uh, So Ralph is going to take the Saints to cover the five and a half. I think the Saints win. I don't know they cover the five and a half. I'm going to take the Falcons with the points at home, and here's why. I think with Mariota, Cordero Patterson in the backfield, you're going to see a lot of RPO. It's going to be like defending an Army or Navy offense. I mean, they're going to be running like the triple option, which is always difficult to defend. You've really got to practice for that. So for those reasons, I think the Falcons will put points on the board. Kyle Pitts is a handful to guard. Jameis is coming off that injury, so I think he's got some rust to kick off. I like the Saints to win, but I like the Falcons with the points getting five and a half. So uh, we disagree on the first two games right out of the gates. It's the football playbook brought to you by Ocean Casino and Resorts. we got the gallery odds. Home of your Eagles pre- and post-game show. Hey, who knows? You might see me and Ralph down there hanging out at the gallery this Sunday. You never know. Uh,
3: uh, The one thing we do agree on, though, is Ocean uh, Casino
0: Resort is the place to be. So, uh, Come for the bubbly. Some come for the ambiance. Others come for the sports book. But uh, you, can, <laughs> you can guarantee you'll see us there frequently throughout <laughs> the year. All right. Sticking with the 1 p.m. games, also on Fox, we got the 49ers on the road to Chicago Bears. We just had Coach DiFilippo uh, tell us about Justin Fields and his potential developments. 49ers favored by six and a half, six and a half over the Bears. And, you know, George Kittle suddenly on the injury report. Elijah Mitchell, banged up. Debo Samuel has an ankle. We don't really know what to expect from Trey Lance. 49ers, another team that people have tapped for the Super Bowl, uh, laying six and a half at Chicago. How do you see this one, Ralph? Well, I like the
3: 49ers um, as a team this year, but I am a little nervous about Trey Lance, uh, at least – in the first few weeks of the season. However, I think the Bears are that bad, uh, relatively speaking. Bears may be a two-win team, maybe four if things bounce the right way. And uh, I think the Niners cover this number, 49ers on the road to cover the touchdown spread. I'm with you I I get scared picking all these road teams in week one, but I mean – Really, what have the Bears shown you uh, to make you think that they're going to
0: compete with, uh, you know, an upper echelon team? No, I I think when you have a road team favored by nearly a touchdown on the road week one. Probably indicates it's going to be a blowout and say what you want about Trey Lance. He might not be ready for prime time. I think you will see Jimmy G at some point. But they should take care of business here. I'm with you. I'm going to lay the points. I see the 49ers winning by two touchdowns. So six and a half should be no problem there. That's the first game we agree on so far. we got three down. Next up, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. The Bengals uh, currently at six and a half here, 44 and a half over under. Uh, Money coming in somewhat equal here. Mitchell Trubisky, the starter and team captain for Pittsburgh. Uh, Joe Burrow coming off the appendix appendix, uh, removal. He should be good to go. A lot of disrespect still for this Bengals team who went to the Super Bowl a year ago. Nine and a half over under win total. You should hammer that over. And I would suggest that you should hammer the Bengals. Week one, laying the six and a half. I think the Bengals win handedly here. How do you see it, Ralph?
3: Well, I'm going to be one of those guys who uh, is looking for a little regression when it comes to the Bengals this year. Uh, I'm going to be one of those haters. Um, They only won 10 games in the regular season last year. I mean, not only. uh, Obviously, a double-digit win total is is always good. But uh, they were right around that number last year, the point being. And I think people – we're a little uh, too low on the Steelers. You know my feelings on Mitchell Trubisky. I think we were at a pro day this past March, and we got into a little argument. I told you how I thought that was a great pickup by the Steelers and that uh, uh, Mitchie Biscuits was going to win a few games in black and gold. Um, I think the Steelers – I think the, the the Ravens win this division – but I'm going to make the bold prediction and say the Steelers finished second ahead of the Bengals. Hmm. I may be eating my words, but that's what I'm going with, and I'm going with the Steelers in week one. Give me that six and a half all day against Joe Cool and the Bengals.
0: All right. Hey, coming from a Bills fan, I hear you. I'm not I there. May. Maybe I'm a little bitter yeah. that the Bengals, yes, the
3: Cincinnati Bengals, were in the Super Bowl last year. I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I could be a tad bit bitter, and I believe Joe, uh, Joe Burrow is a good NFL quarterback. But uh, I'm not a believer in the defense, and I really think that on that Super Bowl run. They got a lot of things to bounce right for them. And, and, and hey, sometimes, you know, better lucky than good or you make your own luck, whatever you want to say. Um, I just think they they come back down to earth a little bit. So.
0: All right, we shall see. Call Uh, me a Bengals hater, whatever you want, but I'm just – I'm just calling it like I see it, you know? All right. Hey, fair enough. Uh, A lot of optimism here in week one. Ralph going against the green with some of my picks. We'll come back and see how we do on Monday. But uh, I'll tell you one thing. I don't expect the Patriots to be very good. I am concerned about Matt Patricia and Joe Judge handling the offensive play calling duties, managing Mac Jones. Uh, Now, with that being said, I've been a very – critical uh uh judge of mickey mcdaniel there in in miami and i think i just did mickey the biggest favor because bro when it doesn't work out with the dolphins you've got the best endorsement deal with disney right down the street mickey mcdaniel's i mean come on but you know mickey 39 years old the same age as bill belichick when he made his nfl head coaching debut dolphins surprisingly maybe not at home laying the three and a half Got the hook there. Uh, How do you see this Dolphins-Patriots matchup? You know, I don't like either
3: team going into the season, to be honest. Um, I'm skeptical of Coach McDaniel, as you said. You know, you mentioned that uh, he's the same age as when Bill Belichick got his first head coaching job. But um, I don't know if his resume is as good uh, as Belichick. I think Belichick had two Super Bowl rings at that time. uh, So, um, and it just seems a little off. He just seems a little awkward. Uh, I don't know how that's going to play uh, in the locker room when when you're in charge of of seventy grown men. But he he just seemed a little odd on that. The whole plane ride, the the cell phone conversation with Tua. I don't know. Well, just just not Aids. my cup of tea. Yeah. With that said, I think you know the Patriots. How much longer can you just back them by saying, hey, they still have Bill Belichick, you know, because they're not the Patriots anymore. Brady's gone. You know, as you said, I think there's a regression there uh, in New England. So um, at the end of the day, I'm staying away from this game. But for our contest here, I'll, I'll, I'll take the Dolphins. I'll buy the Dolphins hype just for this one day. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, Um, I'm sure they'll be catching plenty of uh, three-yard bubble screens from Tua. Um, so, uh, re- re- real exciting stuff.
0: Well, not according to Tyreek Hill, who uh, t- t- Tua has the-, the greatest arm he's ever seen. So, I think Tua <laughs> has some pressure now to get to get him a deep ball here at some point. So, uh, I, I think mean, come on. I mean,
3: does anybody I- – I'm all for – supporting your teammates and 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 talking up your teammates but but does anybody really believe that? I mean the guy just played with Patrick Mahomes you know he just spent how many years with Patrick Mahomes and now he's gonna come up with some silliness about how Tua has the best arm I mean come on like yeah like if you if, if he's doing that for a laugh I mean okay cool but you don't expect us to really believe that. Not at all. With that said, Tua doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't have to have the strongest arm to succeed. Um, but he certainly has to do a lot more than he did in the last two seasons. I'll tell you that right now. Um because I think when the pressure's coming at him, uh, you know, a lot of quarterbacks do, but 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 Tua folds up. You know, he 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 folds up like a cheap tent when, when the pressure's on him uh at least at the NFL level.
0: Yeah, and I wonder about his durability, too. It seems like – it feels like just a matter of time until we see Teddy B back there. But week one, he's healthy. I think the Tyreek Hill touchdown is the difference here. I'm going to lay three and a half and go with Ralph here, Miami Dolphins. All right, next one, also a 1 o'clock game, CBS. Uh, news just came down the wire, I see. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens missed the deadline uh, for a contract oh, extension. So, what a surprise. To, well, you know, let's get your thoughts before the prediction. Did, did uh agent Lamar Jackson blow it for player Lamar Jackson here? Or uh I think this is where it was headed
3: all along. Um they were they were not going to meet this deadline, and Lamar essentially told us um that he was going to bet on himself this year. And he was going to take the chance, ball out, and then they would have to pay him that money. So, uh, it's a risky strategy, of course. Um, especially, uh, Lamar tends to take a few hits, uh, uh, on the field. Um, so it, 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 it's always a, hey, it's a risk for anyone, anytime they step on the field, but Lamar is obviously confident in himself. And, uh, I think he's going to cash in. I think he does well this year. And, uh, he'll wind up getting paid. Uh, but obviously he, he he doesn't care about risk because he's already made himself his own agent. So I don't know. Like to me, that's a, a risky proposition in the first place.
0: Well, he might be taking a, a page out of the playbook from uh, his predecessor, Joe Flacco, who kind of bet on himself. The Ravens didn't want to give him that long-term deal. He said, all right, I'll go out there and prove it. Flacco winded up getting paid. I believe Lamar Jackson will eventually get paid, even if Baltimore doesn't want to shell out the Ducats. And, you know, hey, let's be honest. The salary cap is expected to bump up another $25 million next year. So he could maybe not only match Aaron Rodgers' annual salary of $50 million, but surpass it and reset this whole quarterback market. Now, Lamar Jackson, nine touchdowns. Zero interceptions and 150.2 rating in three career opening week one starts. The Ravens have outscored opponents 124 to 49 during those three games, a plus 75 point differential. This is my lock of the week, Ralph. Lock it in. The Ravens minus seven. I'll tell you what, I'd lay the points if it was minus 27. I got the Ravens by 30. I think this is going to be a massacre. Oh, by the way, good friend Joe Flacco there behind that Jets offensive line. Good luck to you. I don't know if he makes it out alive in this matchup. I got the Ravens heavy for the RIC Ocean Casino lock of the week. Who you got?
3: Well, You touched on the key factors right there. Uh, The Ravens tend to play well with Lamar. And Harbaugh in Week One, they always seem to be ready. You have an inspired and focused Lamar Jackson now uh, playing for playing for the bag, so to speak. And you have a Jets team that has been plagued by injury uh, at the offensive tackle position. You have an aging, immobile Joe Flacco as the starting quarterback. So really all of the indicators are pointing to the Ravens and it scares me a little bit. But yeah, this is this is the Ralph Salvatore ATS lock of the week. Ravens lay in the seven. Um, Like I said, if you can find an alternate line or rather, like you said, uh, if you can find an alternate line, I don't know if they're offering that over at Ocean Casino Resort. You know, lay 14 with the Ravens and, and get a better payback. Get get a plus two twenty payback. So um this should be uh or this has all the makings of 40 to seven.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't think the Jets even score a touchdown, but uh I'm with you there. All right, our good friend Doug Peterson. Uh he comes up the uh, I-95 to take on the Washington Commanders. Uh, the game, this has moved from minus three and a half to minus two and a half. Some money coming in. 63% of Vegas is on the Jaguars on the road. How do you see this Commanders matchup?
3: No, well, I've been kind of souring, uh, um, sour on the on the Commanders of late. Um, I'm not... Exactly buying the, the 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 Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence hype, but I do think they will be improved this year. Um, I'm going Jacksonville. It's uh, it's uh, a winning debut for, like you said, our old friend Doug Peterson, former Super
0: Bowl winning coach. Yeah, I'm with you, and it'll be uh, Peterson versus Wentz. No love-loss affair there, and I think Peterson's going to be out To prove something i think trevor lawrence is going to benefit from the rpo i think the jaguars get off the snide here in week one i like them on the road i'm with ralph we both got the jaguars to cover the two and a half on the road against the washington commanders rick saratella ralph ventry breaking it down with you uh the ocean casino resort gallery sportsbook odds we've got all the picks for this football friday chopping it up and breaking it down. Baker Mayfield knows a thing or two about that. Uh, he'll be at home against the Cleveland Browns who will have Jacoby Brissett in the saddle. Uh, this surprisingly is a lopsided affair. According to Vegas, the early money 76% coming in on the Panthers. I don't know if I see it that way. Cleveland lane three and a half. Who you got Ralph?
3: Well, no personally I'm gonna stay away from this game but for our pick segment I'm going with Baker and the Panthers Baker's gonna kick some ass or something like that whatever he said um, no it's it, 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 I obviously the Panthers are are in a show me type season um you know I think that the Matt rules Matt rules on the hot seat and uh, Uh, Baker's out to prove something. Um, So really, it's now or never for the Panthers. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily going to succeed uh, in the long run here, but um, maybe they're focused enough to beat um, a Browns team that I can't trust with uh, Jacoby Brissett under center. Um, With that said, uh, I'm taking the Panthers as a side, but if I were to bet this game, this is another under game for me. Um, I think two teams that are going to run the ball a lot, Nick Chubb is going to get his share of carries, uh, grind it out. Christian McCaffrey, I think um, they'll keep the clock moving. And it's a low total to begin with. And uh, the the old rule of thumb was that if a, a, a total – looks looks uh, seemingly too low in week one, it's because it's two teams that really aren't going to score. And uh, I think they wind up hitting like, you know, 75% of the time, you know, like that total is low for a reason. So uh, with that said, I'll go with one of the lowest totals uh, on the board in, in, uh, in week one. And that's what I'll play in this game. But uh, if you force me to pick a side, you know,
0: Baker gets his revenge. What a great story that would be, huh? Uh, I'm going to go the other way. I'm not a believer in Baker. You know, go bake me some beans or something. You don't belong on the football field. You're too much of a diva for me. Uh, I got Cleveland here. I don't think Baker Mayfield even finishes the game, which could mean trouble because I know Sam Darnold's out, Matt Corral's out. I can't even keep up with who the backup now is in, in Carolina, but I have a feeling we're going to see him on Sunday. And I've got the Browns winning this minus the three and a half. All right. Ralph Ventry, Rick Saratella. we got to get into our two minute drill here. Ralph, still a handful of games for us to cover and get to uh, the next one being Indianapolis minus seven on the road against my upstart Houston Texans. Who do you like here?
3: No, I like the Colts a lot more uh, earlier in the off season. Um, but I, I, I'm a little worried if, if if Matt Ryan has enough left in the tank. Um, I am going to pick them here. I know you're probably going with the Texans and taking the points as a home dog. Um, but I will go with the Indianapolis Colts to cover on the road in week one. Um, the, I guess you would say the prohibitive favorite to win the AFC South heading into the season. Uh, Although I'm sure Tennessee probably doesn't like hearing that, you know, since they were the uh, number one team last year.
0: Not so fast, my friend. The Houston Texans are going to have something to say about this division. I don't know if it translates into wins. I think it's going to be a very competitive team. I don't see them getting blown out, especially at home. I like what Davis Mills brings to the table. I think this Damian Pierce is a player. You got guys like Nico Collins who makes plays downfield. You know, Lovey Smith is going to have this defense ready to play. I'm going to take the Texans and the touchdown at home. Sounds like a bargain to me. So I'll go there. Uh, How about the New York football giants on the road, traveling to uh, the aforementioned Tennessee Titans. This one's gone from six and a half down to five and a half. I think both New Jersey teams, the jets and the giants get blown out of the water this week. I've got the Titans winning big time in this one. Who do you got? Uh
3: this is a tough one for me because uh I'm not in love with the Titans. They were the number one seed in the AFC last year, but I think they're going to take a step back. I've never been a big fan of Ryan Tannehill. They lost A.J. Brown. Well, they gave away A.J. Brown, essentially, to the Eagles. Um, Derrick Henry is still Derrick Henry. The Giants, you have a new program, a rookie head coach, still getting acclimated. Um, I guess i got to pick the Titans here, like you said. But you know what? Give me the points. Give me the Giants. Give me the Giants with the road dog. Uh, Brian Dable, uh, all right, has a, uh, a the Giants put forth a good effort in in in, in his debut. All now, right, we shall see. It's going to be fun. Giants it's going gonna... to play hard. I think that. Uh,
0: They'll there play hard a bit of a culture change. There They'll, play already. Hard. They'll play hard, but I don't think they have the talent. We got to keep it moving and grooving because we're running out of time. I hate to cut you off there, Ralph, but uh, Packers Packers minus one and a half in this black and blue matchup against the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Who do you got Vegas? Aaron Rodgers 50-50. and the
3: Packers
0: uh, take care of business on the road. Um,
3: I wish the game was in prime time because uh, Rodgers is almost automatic in those spots. Um, But uh, with that said, I still think the Packers are the team to beat in the NFC North. Um, So we're going with Packers over the Vikings in week one.
0: Yeah, and that's at that's at one and a half that line has not moved it's minus one and a half Aaron Rodgers looking to become the first three-time consecutive league MVP in history NFL history all right Kansas City on the road at Arizona this one's gone from two and a half to now minus six Kansas City traveling to Arizona two electrifying quarterbacks how do you see this one Ralph
3: well obviously the uh Sharks love uh Love the Chiefs in this one with that huge line movement. Um, I'm going with the Chiefs as well. I think that they are the second best team in the AFC next to the Bills. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes, even without Tyreek Hill, is still more than capable of playing at an MVP level. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are still with the Chiefs. And they're going to come out and make a statement and let everyone know that they're still here and they will roll in week one over the Cardinals.
0: I agree. I'm going to lay the points. Chiefs have the longest opening day winning streak seven in a row. They led the NFL with 22 touchdowns on the road last year. Patrick Mahomes is also four and uh on opening week with 13 touchdowns, zero interceptions. I think the chiefs, take care of business in week one we got the ocean casino gallery uh odds here with the vegas raiders at the la chargers this is what you call a coin toss matchup and the line says so chargers favored by three and a half at home against the raiders with josh mcdaniels making his raiders debut how do you see this one you know normally i would be nervous taking the road team like i said i don't like betting
3: all of these road teams, but there is no home field advantage for the L.A. Chargers. There will be more Raiders fans in that building. You can bank on it. I know some Raiders season ticket holders who are going down for that game. Um, There will be more Raiders fans in that building. I'm a believer in the Raiders this year. I love Justin Herbert, but I'm not so sure about the Chargers from top to bottom I'm a believer in Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. Um, I like the Raiders on the money line as a money line dog in this game. Um, So give me the Las Vegas Raiders. Over to LA Chargers. Uh, it will look like a Raiders home game. Uh, that's my bold prediction. Uh,
0: I could for see this it come weekend. down to a field goal at the end. I, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the Chargers and lay the three and a half. I don't feel good about it. I think I think they win by a field goal. If I had to, just because Josh McDaniels is first year in the program, Brandon Staley's year three in the program. I'm gonna go to the Chargers. Usually when I go to the Chargers, they disappoint me. I'll take the risk here in week one if they disappoint me. I'm hopping off that wagon real quick, so I'll go against the grain and take the charges. We've got two minutes to get two games in here, Ralph Tampa Bay on the road at Dallas. This one now at minus two and a half. How do you see it? Well, I'm
3: tentatively um, I'm tentative with this pick only because I think that um, there's some weird stuff going on with the bucks with, with Brady not being around and, how that's going to all play out. Um, but at the end of the day, if Brady's healthy on the field, I, I know Godwin, Chris Godwin is on the injury report now, I think. Um, but at the end of the day, if Brady is on the field, I think the Bucks are the better side in this one. Um, you look at head coaches, Todd Bowles or Mike McCarthy, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'll hold my nose and back Todd Bowles' team um, <laughs> with this one. So uh, we're going with the Bucks to cover uh, the two and a half uh, at Dallas. But I can easily see this one being uh, 34-30, you know, 34-31 type game. So I think that's what it was last year uh the opener uh bucks and cowboys
0: i'm gonna go bucks i see dak prescott's already making excuses his ankle bothers him from a pair of new cleats all i hear is excuses coming out of dallas i got the bucks minus two and a half we're running out of time ralph but give me your pick with the broncos minus six and a half on the road against the seahawks who do you like I'll go with the Broncos in this one. Not sure how the whole Russell Wilson
3: experiment is going to shake out and how good the Broncos are actually going to be. But I think the Seahawks, they stink, quite frankly. And uh, Russell Wilson will be dialed in. He will lead the Broncos past
0: Seattle. Give me Denver to cover the number. All right. We got to go. Buckle up. Thank you to Ralph. Thank you to coach John D. Filippo. Thank you to Brian Baldinger. Thank you to tone behind the scenes for making it all happen. Thank you for you, the listening audience and all you in the chat room for tuning in to football playbook. Our second week here on Jacob sports. Keep it locked right here. Sports take guys coming up right after this. We'll see you next week, everybody.